This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. I'm not gonna lie to you, boys. I've I've had a better few days. Let's just put it that way. So, uh, you know, I wasn't gonna do a show this week. I was just gonna do the Pick'em Podcast because of uh, the fights being on a Friday and just kind of be like I usually record on Wednesday and you know uh you know logistically it didn't make sense to do all these things but I'm hopping on here it's late Thursday or Tuesday night excuse me late for me cuz I'm an old man and I had to get some thoughts out I had to talk about my rough weekend we had to go over some things go over the UFC Tampa card had to be a little crybaby a little bit I love doing this I love talking to you guys I love being on here so therapeutic I guess is a good word for it and so you know I hop on I hop on late Gonna put it out. We're gonna have a pick 'em full uh Boston pick 'em this week. I'm gonna do a video, one pick video that I've been doing. And uh yeah, I mean we're gonna keep the ball rolling. So where to start, right? One of the worst weekends of my life. Um uh, you know, I had a great weekend, you know, physically and family and all that stuff. Went to a pumpkin patch Sunday, but gambling and then just being a fan of the worst weekend of my life being a fan of combat sports, I guess, and when you mix in gambling as well. So it was a long weekend for me. So Friday night, Friday, whatever, uh, four of my buddies I work with, they go down the sports book and, uh, you know, they're, you know, they gamble a little bit. They're not like hardcore. There's one guy that bets a lot of NFL. He, he put in a bet for the NFL a lot of, you know, we got lunch, you know, had a good time. They saw, you know, some guys hadn't been in the sports book yet. And, uh, you know, I gave him my hot pick, my hot tip, which was, uh, which was Max Griffin. We'll go over that, uh, whole debacle. And, uh, you know, they, uh, you know, we had a good time. Right. And, uh, I made four bets, right. And we're going to get real here, right. We're not, you know, a lot of gamblers like to talk units and everything like that. We're going to get real, real, right. We're going to talk actual dollars. So left with four bets, right. Didn't know what to do. I had a lot of options. Um, but you know, my unit of, of gambling, my bet betting union at this point in my life is a hundred bucks, right. It's nothing, you know, it's not, I'm not in the thousands. I'm not in a couple hundreds, um, I have placed obviously multiple hundred dollars on fights before, but you know, that's multiple units. So with me missing a work, uh, on vacation with going to Disney and my wife being in the emergency room last Friday, you know, money's not tight, but you know, money's obviously a priority right now. We got to, you know, we're paying off the Disney trip where, you know, I had to fly home from, um, you know, early, you know, so the plane ticket stuff. So, I took $150 with me to the sports book, right? And I was either going to p- plan on putting it all on Max Griffin or go 100 which is my unit, $100 on Max Griffin, and then go 50 on something else. But I get down there, and I, and, and I knew I was going to bet Max Griffin. So I put 100 bucks on Max Griffin, just like, a nor- like I said I would, right? That was the first bet I did. And then instead of putting 50 on another fighter I liked... Miguel Baeza, um, a couple other fighters that won, I decided to spread the money out a little bit. I got a little greedy and, uh, you know, did some parlays, which I know I'm addicted. I shouldn't do it because I can't fucking win them. But, uh, yeah, so this is the first time in probably, I mean, obviously the first time since the sports books opened, but probably first time in a long time where I went completely broke, right, in uh I busted. I lost all my bets, lost all the money, $150 down the drain. And uh, it's it hurts. You know, gambling is not easy. Obviously, it's fun. It's all these things because when you win, you're like, oh, this is the greatest feeling ever. This is free money. But when you lose, you're like, I just wasted $150 on nothing. 
And I was so confident in this card. I was so fucking confident going down there, making these bets. I'm sitting there with the cheats in front of me. And, you know, I, I listened to the podcast backwards. I, I generally don't do all that much. Really took in some advice, really kind of looked on online and saw what other people were taking. And I really was confident in my picks. And, uh, yeah, I go, Buck. So, like, you know, the, the, like the perfect example is when I went to Vegas, you know, and this is when I was fairly new or brand new to sports betting. You know, I had like 300 bucks with me at the, at the, uh, at the thing. And I won, I won money. I took like 800 home with me, right. I'm betting MMA when I was in Vegas, you know, many, eight years ago, whatever it was. So that guy kind of got me kind of addicted. I remember probably the worst night I've never brought money and placed a bet and then lost it all. Right. So like, say if I, I, I'm betting a hundred dollars and I'm spreading it out and I'm, and I'm putting money on fighters. I'd, you know, I'd walk away with 80, like 80 bucks. So I'm down 20, but I would walk away with 80 bucks, you know, or I'd be up like 50, right? I wouldn't have a crazy night, but I wouldn't have like, I wouldn't lose it all. I don't think I've ever lost it all. And this is the first weekend I lost it all. And it hurts. It sucks. Uh, I would, I had a, I had a moment Saturday night when things weren't going my way. And I just was like, what the, f-? I literally wanted to take a walk. I'm like, I'm going to go outside and take a walk. Wife and kids. They went out, uh, wife and kids, kid. I only have one, uh, wife and the baby, little one went out with my mom to, you know, old Navy. They went shopping. They did all that stuff. So I was home alone and I was, I was, I was in it. I was fucking in it. I couldn't believe I was losing these fights. I was like, what is going on? Cause of the confidence level. So now my confidence shot out all day. I've been going over the Boston card and I'm like, am I, I'm second guessing myself. Right. I don't know. Uh, you know, it's like, you got to go with like a gut thing. Like I do all the prep work i lo- i watch tape i i look at records i i go off like confidence i go off like and this one bad weekend's fucking with me right this is why i wouldn't be a good fighter this is why fighting wasn't the path for me because like if i had one bad sparring session or one bad whatever if even if i lost one time i'd fucking be it's hard for me to get over it right uh you know i'm not, I'm not mentally tough like these guys you know that's why i respect mma is one of my you know is my favorite sport and, and something i want to devote my life to and i am devoting my life to i guess in a way um, but I respect these guys so much what they do, what they have to go through the, you know, any athlete, but MMA guys, especially, I mean, you're going out there in your underwear, essentially fighting another grown man and you get slapped in front of your family, your friends, your kids, whatever, in front of millions of people, you gotta, you know, you gotta get up and you gotta fucking get back in there and you gotta kind of bounce back. That's a big mental hurdle. I know I pick apart fighters and I've said some not so nice things about fighters, but this is one of the reasons why I never make it as a fighter is is because of, of situations like that. I, I don't rebound well. My confidence, very confident person, but I my confidence gets rattled. And I'm fucking looking at this Boston car like it's Chinese right now. Uh, hopefully, I bounce back from it. But also, what hurt it more, what, what, what triggered everything on – what made Saturday worse was Friday night, good friend of the program – Good friend in real life, a uh, guy who saved my life. I've, I've told the story, I think, probably a thousand times. Chris Curtis fought in the PFL. He had a rematch with the Russian. We talked about it last podcast. Lost. It was a two-round fight. He did not look great. Um, it didn't look like he improved much from the first fight. Uh, the Russian kind of just you know dictated everything. Chris looked a little gun-shy. Chris was worried about what the Russian was going to do as opposed to what Chris had to do. Um, and uh, you know it was a kind of a one-sided victory. You know, Chris lost at a, a two-round decision retired takes his gloves off retires gets on instagram he's like i'm done guys thank you for support um you know this is the end of the road for me i, I couldn't get it done you know make no excuses blah, blah blah sits down was ready to eat some chicken and waffles they come to him and go hey the russian's throwing up we need you to fight ray cooper who chris and i have privately talked about how that was the fight to make that was a fight chris wanted 
So Chris is scrambling in the back. He's got to find his gloves. He's got to get new gloves, actually. He's got to find his mouthpiece because he chucked it in the back. He's got to fucking change his trunks because him and Ray Cooper weren't wearing the same trunks. All these things are happening within five minutes, and you know he didn't get to eat. And then he gets rushed out there after retiring. That's like a mental fucking hurdle. And I've, I've been in the gym with Chris numerous times. I mean, uh, we, we sparred hundreds and hundreds of rounds. I've seen all of his professional fights, I think, at, uh, up until this point. I've, I've watched all the ones that were available. And then every one he's had since him and I've met, I've obviously seen. I've never seen him rocked. I've never seen him hurt in training. Um, I've never seen him stumble. Like, he's he's good defensively. He's got a giant fucking head on him. If you ever meet him in person, he's got a watermelon-sized head, good-sized jaw, strong neck. I've never seen this guy hurt before. And he gets, after retiring a half hour earlier, gets the chance to fight, to go to the finals to fight for a million, gets knocked out by Ray Cooper. It was, oh, man, it was heartbreaking to watch that. That was tough for me to watch. Um you know, and he took it in good spirits. He, he again went on Instagram live or Instagram video, whatever I keep saying, Instagram live kind of explained, you know, what, what was going through his mind. He was fine. Went to the hospital. Everything was okay, but he got flatlined and uh, I couldn't believe it. Like, you know, and, and then, uh, yeah, so that was, that was tough to watch. I've never seen, uh, well, no, that's not true. I mean, I've seen guys on the street, like friends of mine get knocked out. You know, I have a buddy of mine who gets every time there's any kind of, confrontation you know he's a skinny little guy he likes to interject and he get i mean i've seen him get knocked out a handful of times but i don't know it was it was different seeing chris get knocked out it really i was like whoa i said what i mean i was blown away like i was i was on my way to bed because it was kind of late and then they announced that chris was fighting ray cooper to go to the finals and i'm like oh shit because the, the magomedov guy got fucking sick or hurt or whatever i said oh shit okay Park right back up, you know, and then, uh, yeah, it was, it was rough to watch that, you know, but, uh, not a good weekend from your boy. Lost all my money. Confidence is shot. I feel like I can't pick a right fight. I feel like, uh, uh, if I, you know, cause I'm gonna say I'm gonna, you know, the only way to get over a gambling loss is to keep gambling. You know what I mean? That's like what they say when you, when you're hungover, you wake up, you know, the work, the best thing for a hangover is just start drinking another beer. Um, for me, you know, uh, I'm going to go Thursday to the sports book, probably, Played a little safe, maybe. Hopefully, I usually don't play it safe. I always pick unders. I always try to grab an under because I've I've been hitting unders, and uh, it, you know this card just it just wasn't in the cards for me. You know it just wasn't. I mean I keep rambling on about it, but God, you fucking, it's the confidence level of me walking in there, strutting my fucking stuff in that sports book and giving out picks and stuff. You know, I take this shit seriously. Like, I mean, listen, if, if, you, if people were, you know, my, my buddies at work and everyone are throwing shots, I mean, that's, that's warranted. I'm, I'm expecting shots to be thrown at me. I'm giving out locks of the night that are losing. I mean, I expect shots being thrown at me. I'm not, I'm not going to get my feelings hurt or nothing's going to upset me, but I, I hold myself to a higher standard. I'm I, no one's going to say anything to me that I haven't already said to myself. I just need to get back on there, boys. I need to get back on and win. I pride myself on giving you winners. And uh, let's go over the Tampa card, right? So I went 7-7 seven and seven on my picks. So I went 50%. I didn't do terrible, right? 7-7 seven and seven is not a, a terrible uh, terrible thing, but I made four bets, and the four bets I made were on the opposite side. I did technically win two bets. Um, I just had them in parlays. I had Eric Anders in a parlay, and then I had uh, Miguel Baez in a parlay. Um, I part them. Those are my like. I really like those guys in a fight as well. Um, both lines a little too high for me to bet single, so I parlayed them with two underdogs to try to get a nice little payment out of it. 
Um, obviously, uh, it, it did not pay off, but we'll go over the card. Seven and seven, not bad. 50% on the card. So the first fight of the night, Marlon Vera versus Andre Ull. I know that technically wasn't the first fight of the night, but it's the first fight on my paper. I had Andre Ull in this. I loved him as the underdog. Uh, yeah. I got to start putting some respect on Marlon Vera's name. That's just, I mean, that's just me, right? I think I said I wasn't impressed with him, and, you know, Nolan Hernandez gave him some fits and stuff. He came in confident. Andre Ull was an awkward guy to fight. Um, long, lanky guy with some really sharpshooting, uh, counterpunching, decent kicks, not great on the ground. Uh, you know, you don't have to really worry about a takedown of him, but Marlon Vera came out, put the pressure on him. Marlon Vera looked like he go about 10 rounds that night. Andre will slow down incredibly, and then Marlon Vera finished him. Um, I just need to start putting some respect on Vera's name. That's, I mean, he's an elite 135er, and and, and that's on me. That's an oversight on me. I got real trigger happy with the underdog because I like Andre Wills, the underdog. I've cashed on him before as an underdog, so I, I feel like I got a soft spot for him. I do think he's a talented fighter. Um, but yeah, this 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 fight, this pick, this fight right here was 100% me overlooking Marlon Vera, who looked fantastic. I think he's a top 10, top 8 Bantamweight right now. I would love to see him fight Petro Jan. I would love to see him fight all those guys in the top, top of the division. I think he's a legit guy, good on the ground, striking looks phenomenal. He's mixing his camp up a little bit, which I like. I think he's in Southern California with Colin Oyama. He's bringing in other people. He's going other places. Uh, I like this kid now. You know, I'm not gonna. I'm definitely not gonna uh, underrate him now. I'm gonna really look at him. What uh, what he's worth? Yeah, I don't know what it was. I don't know why. I guess I've seen a couple lousy performances from him in the past. I don't know why I'm like, I underrate him as much as I do. I just I overlook him, and I you know, and I was. I was super confident Andre Ull, and, and he looked good in the first round. It was a competitive first round, but then Marlon Vera just took over and finished the fight and uh, looked looked dominant, looked really good. All right, next fight of the night was uh, J.J. Aldrich versus Lorne Mueller. J.J. Aldrich looked fantastic in this fight. This was a very exciting fight. Uh, Lorne Mueller, tough as they come, was getting pieced up, but she was battling back. She hurt J.J. as well. JJ's really quick, really fast. She was kind of taunting in there. I said she was like kind of a quiet girl. At least that's what I thought. I've never really seen her talk before. Um, but yeah, she was in there sticking her tongue out when they were banging. And, and and every time Lauren would start mounting some offense and it looked like JJ was tired, she would fire back with some more shots and hurt Lauren. Uh, really entertaining fight. JJ Aldrich won that fight. I got that fight right. Uh, she was a minus 175 favorite. I had no skin in the game. Um, I just thought, you know, I have bad luck with women fights. Um, although JJ Aldrich was a solid pick, I saw a lot of sharps on Twitter and a lot of people picking JJ as like lock of the night and, and everything like that. So that's a good pick. Yeah, I avoided that fight for whatever reason. Uh, you know, I was confident JJ would win, but again, you know, Lauren's so tough and she trains with a good camp. You never know. She comes in shape and uh, really exciting fight, really good fight back and forth. Uh, JJ took that one. Uh, Marvin Vittori versus Andrew Sanchez. Now, this is a fight that I'm, I tweeted this out. I'm a little embarrassed by this fight, for, and then kind of not, right? Okay, so I, I technically picked Andrew Sanchez twice. They were supposed to fight in Denmark. Didn't happen. They're fighting now. Marvin Vittori is a guy who I also have said I don't think he's all that good. He looked fantastic in this fight. So I was very embarrassed of my Andrew Sanchez plays. Plus 245, I thought that was a good number. Marvin Vittori doesn't warrant a, a, you know, a minus 309. It just He's never done anything to really warrant that, right? Sanchez is on a nice little win streak. However, I bet it on the Andrew Sanchez who wrestles. I bet it on the Andrew Sanchez who's in your face, constantly grappling, chain wrestling. He's going to throw some strikes to set up his takedowns. He tried a couple single legs and maybe one or two double legs. Marvin Vittori is a big rocked up dude. You need to wear that guy out. Sanchez was, was an all striking match, right? Sanchez did well enough, but the power and the technique and everything's on Marvin's side, right? 
Um, not sure if whatever previous injury they had where they had to postpone it really affected Andrew from, from grappling here, but that's not the Andrew Sanchez I bet it on, right? If Andrew Sanchez would have been like, hey, I'm going to stand with this guy. I would have never fucking put money in on this guy. I would have never picked him. His style, like, and, and maybe Marvin's that good that he just shut down Andrew Sanchez's style. But, I mean, well, fight like how you're going to fight. Fight like your p- previous three fights. That one killed me, right? That one that one killed me. Um, I did see a lot of people, they didn't love the Marvin line. They thought he was a little too high, but didn't love Andrew either. But I loved Andrew. I was confident in Andrew. I, I, I've picked him twice since his fight got announced, and uh, he laid an egg for me, I think, right? I mean, he didn't, he didn't fucking do anything. Uh, next up, you got uh, Hector Aldana versus Miguel Baez. My, Miguel Baez, it looked. I called him Baez, I think, in the podcast. I apologize, Miguel. I'll get it right from now on. He looked fantastic, right? Slow starter, big, long for that division, beautiful calf kicks. I mean, Hector Aldana's leg was fucking, ugh, it was giant. His lower leg, his lower calf was sw- looked like a fucking pumpkin was shoved in there. He looked, Miguel Baez looked great. He was patient. Um, Aldana, only his real shot in this fight was to throw some big, big wild shit. Miguel mixing some takedowns, beautiful leg kicks. Eventually stopped the fight with leg kicks. I mean, I know it was a... Leg kick dropped and he finished with punches, but the leg kicks ultimately won this fight. I love Miguel's patience. I wasn't overly impressed with him in the contender series. Now that I've seen him in the UFC, I know Hector Aldana's four and four. He's not like a world beat or anything, but I think he's a tough dude. And Miguel looked really patient and calm in there. Um, as long as he keeps that up and he doesn't start brawling with dudes and start getting wild in there, he's very technically strike, uh, technically good striking. Those leg kicks are devastating. He's got good high kicks. He's got good boxing. He's got good body punching. Um, what I would love is is maybe, you know, and he mixes up really well. I would like to see him against a real gritty, grimy wrestler in there to see where where his game's at on that point. I want to see some takedown offense and maybe Woody's off his back before I really stamp the seal of approval on him. But uh, he looked fantastic. He looked really good. Miguel Baez is a guy definitely I'm keeping my eye on. He looked I mean, flawless victory. I mean, he looked fantastic in that fight. Uh, Devison figured it was Tim Elliott. Tim Elliott was a guy who I flirted with when I was at the sports book to throw money on. It was him and Devin Clark. I've said on the podcast, I really like Devin Clark as an under, but Tim Elliott kind of spoke to me when I was down there. I'm like, this guy's really good. He hasn't fought in a while, but you know, thank God I listened back to the podcast, uh, because I even said on the podcast, I've always do this. I always pick it against Devison. And he's a solid guy, and I and I don't fucking give him credit. So I, I, I avoided that. I didn't bet Devison. Um, I didn't put him in a parlay or anything. I, I avoided this fight, but I obviously did pick Devison to get a one. He dominated Tim Elliott. Tim Elliott's one of those guys that's either going to go out there and he's going to give you hell and look fantastic, or he's going to go out and give a performance like that. Um, you, you can't really tell what's going to happen with Tim Elliott. He's, he's very spotty. He's very up and down. That's kind of been like his whole thing with his career. Very awkward guy, so he's going to get a lot of wins in there. He's a good wrestler, a good grappler, a good cardio. All those things you can say, but it's kind of like a mental thing where he'll get caught in something or or a position won't go his way, and then it's kind of over for him. Like, he doesn't have the best submission defense. He doesn't have the best uh, defense on the feet, you know, striking defense. Deverson Figueroa just picked him apart, called out Joe B. I love the call out. I think it makes sense at 125. Um, if Henry's not going to drop down, because if Henry drops down, he's fighting Joseph. If he doesn't doesn't drop down and just wants to keep 135, uh, which I think he probably should do, because um, I think the weight cut at 125 does kill Henry, and I think Henry's getting bigger uh, size-wise. I know he's short, but I think his speed and everything is going to be real big advantage for him at 135. 
let Joe B and Devison fight for the 125 pound title. I think that needs to happen. Joseph Benavidez needs to fight. I feel like he hasn't fought in forever. I know that's not true, but I feel like he hasn't. Figueroa's on a roll right now. I know he lost to Formiga, and that's who Joe B just beat. So uh, let's do it. Let's get that fight going. I, I like that. I want to see the, you know, if they're not going to kill 125, let's, let, let's do an interim belt. Let's do something. I know they're kind of waiting on uh, Cejudo right now to see what he's going to do, but dominant performance by Figueredo. He was a you know minus 200 favorite, a little heavy for me, so I didn't touch him, but dominant performance. He looked great against a really tough Tim Elliott. Uh, next up, Devin Clark versus Ryan Spann. Devin Clark was a plus 120 underdog. This is my underdog lock of the night. Uh, did I skip a fight? I did skip a fight. Excuse me. Oh, fuck. Well, let me, I'll go to, let me do the Ryan Clark fight first. Oh, or Devin Clark, excuse me. Devin Clark versus uh, Ryan Spann, my lock of the night. Underdog lock of the night. I took him in a parlay, <clears throat> excuse me, with Miguel Baeza. Uh, Baeza won, obviously, early, and I was like, okay, well, all I need is Devin Clark to win, and I'm going to cash. Uh, pretty nice little ticket. It, you know, I would have, you know, pretty much, uh, it was a $20 parlay. I think I was going to win, like, um, what was it? Uh, twenty. I put 20 on him. I, I would have won. I wish I had the ticket. I ripped the tickets up the minute they lose. I think I would have won, like, 80 90 bucks. And once Baeza won, and I was so confident in Devin Clark, I'm like, oh, boom, we're doing it. All I kept hyping up was Devin Clark's, well, he changed with John Jones. He's this and that. He died his, the minute I saw him die his beer blonde, which he might have had the way in, I didn't watch the way ins I'm like, oh, come on. Right? Um, Ryan Spain's a guy I just I don't love, but he looked really good. You know, it was a really timid first round. Devin Clark uh, wrestled, but Ryan Spain countered really well with a choke and then worked his way to his feet really well. And, and the first round was kind of going how Devin Clark fights, right? He fights, you know, his fights are always pretty close. And then the second round, he got kind of caught with some shit. And then Devin Clark, or excuse me, Ryan Spann just fucking snapped up a choke. And uh, that was all she wrote. And uh, and I ripped up the ticket in disgust, pissed on it, burnt it, buried it in the backyard, dug it up again, pissed on it, burnt it again. Um, you know, I, when you're looking at the card and you're trying to pick unders, you know, that, I mean, this is what's going to happen, right? You're going to miss some. But, man, I was confident in that fight. I thought he matched up well with Ryan Spann. Again, a guy maybe I'm just overlooking. Maybe it's on me. But uh, I, I like Devin Clark at that number. But now that I'm looking at it, Ryan Spann at minus 150 is a really nice number, too. But uh, hindsight's 20-20, right? You know, catch 22. Right, Michael Scott? All right, so the fight that I skipped that uh, I didn't mean to skip, but we'll talk about the Probably the fight that kills me the most because I had the most skin in the game. I made a video about it. Max Griffin versus Alex Moreno. Max Griffin was a minus 155 favorite. Two, three underdogs won on this card. Three underdogs won. Moreno was the first one to win on the night. Um, listen, I'm a biased guy, right? I have a list of my guys that I'll never bet against. I'll never pick against. I'm I, I'm the first one to admit I'm biased. I had $100 in Max Griffin. So obviously I'm going to be biased towards him. He's not necessarily one of my guys. He commented on my Instagram video, which I appreciate. He liked it. Gave me a little shine. Thank you, Max. Uh, I thought Max Griffin won this fight, and at the very least, it's a draw. So he lost 28-27, I believe. I had Max Griffin winning the first round because I thought Moreno moved around a lot, didn't do much. First round was a little unforeventful. Max did land better right hands, though. Second round, fairly even all the way through, and then at the like last 30 seconds, Max got head kicked, got dropped, almost finished. They gave, him a ten, they gave Moreno a 10-8 round. I don't hate it because I do like the 10-8 system. I mean, Max was almost out of there. He was on his last legs. I mean, I mean, Herb Dean, if Herb Dean wasn't as good of a referee as he is, it would probably would have got stopped by someone less, you know, not as good as Herb Dean. But 
He fought through it, right? Came out the third round, dominated the third round. Went, started going from takedowns. Didn't really get position, but got a multiple takedowns, multiple slams. I think the third round could have been 10-8 if, if, if I'm being completely biased. I know he didn't try to finish anything. And I know that's a reach, but Max Griffin dominated that third round. I had Max Griffin winning one and two. So if you give 10-8 to Moreno in the second round, I mean, what do you got, right? I had Max Griffin winning that fight two rounds to one, for sure. And he lost his, he lost 20 to 27. Devastating. Because I put myself on camera. I tell the world who to bet on. I, I talk to you guys on the podcast. I'm giving tips to my friends. And he loses. And then I lose my money. So it's 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 a perfect storm of you like it was just like the walls were closing in. When they were doing the decision, I knew it was a close fight. Thought it was gonna be a split. I knew it was a close fight. And when they just said 28, 28, 27, 28, 27, 28, 27, or whatever it was, I go. Oh, we're, oh, oh, daddy, we're losing this fight. We're not winning this fight. And uh, that hurts. So that hurts. But I do think Max Griffin won. I don't necessarily think it's a robbery because um, the first round was competitive. And then if you score the second round 10-8, you know, I can see. But the third round was all Max Griffin. I thought the first round he won too because he landed some better. He landed the better right hands, in my opinion. But again, I had some skin in the game, so I'm not the most biased. I'm not the most objective. But uh, man, that's going to haunt me for a while. I'm doing a video tomorrow for the Boston card, and I got three fights that are I'm circling the, to, to get my guaranteed pick on to what to bet on, and I'm, I, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I don't know what to do, guys. I don't know what to do. All right, so let's keep moving. We're moving on here. James Vick versus Nico Price. Sha boy. Um, I had Nico Price in this. A buddy bet when we went down there. He bet James Vick as an underdog. That was his underdog play. I didn't love it. James Vick did not look that great at 170. He looked a little looser. I feel like he just stayed the same weight as he does at 55. He just didn't cut the weight. I would like to see him put on a little more muscle, a little more size because he's very tall. He could be very big. He could be dominating in there. Nico Price a wild man, right? So this fight started how you expect it to start. Crazy exchanges. It goes to the ground. Nico's getting fucking just wailed on, just smashed on the ground by James Vick because James Vick's got those long long arms, long bodies, posturing up. Vick decides to stand up. Nico Price has an up kick with jaw or fucking heel to jaw, knocks him unconscious. Nico Price's second knockout in the UFC off his back. He knocked out Randy Brown off his back and he knocked out James Vick. Scary knockout. You know, James Vick is, you know, his last five losses, four of the five um, have been by knockout. I think first or second round, that's scary stuff. Probably gone from the UFC. I don't want to see him go bare knuckle. Um, You know, I know he's got like a hunting thing or something. I think he he has like kind of a hunting career. Could be making that up. I think he's a big hunter. He does something. I'm not really sure. But uh, yeah, I I mean, I think he's gone from the UFC. I think maybe, you know, he's got to provide for his family. So if if you want to, you know, fight again, of course, but maybe take some time off. Maybe take a year off. Like, you know, reset your brain a little bit as much as you can. Uh, that was pretty brutal. That was a pretty brutal knockout. Um, Nico Price, he looked good. You know, he looked good. He looked like he always does. You know, um, they're calling for him and Mike Perry for the Florida Man title. I don't hate it. I think Mike Perry would win. Um, you know, I don't know. I mean, Nico's a fucking wild man, but you know, he's 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 crazy. His post fight interview, he, he makes him even look crazier. Like he, I mean, he's he's in the running with Tony Ferguson as one of the weirder dudes in MMA, and that that might be a perfect thing. That might be a personality trait that excels you in MMA. But uh yeah, that was a brutal knockout by James Vick. Uh I didn't like seeing that. All right, next Anders Eric Anders versus Jerry Merskart. Um 
I had Eric Anders. I bet Eric Anders in a parlay that I lost. He won a split decision. I think he lost the fight. I just, you know, he was he was in my Andre Uhl, uh parlay. I didn't love his performance. I like him at 185. <clears throat> I didn't love his performance, though. Jeremy Merskart, listen, he didn't go for takedowns that much. You know, he he did a stand-up battle with Eric Anders, which is Eric's game. Anders has a good left hand. That's about it. His combinations are all kind of the same. His entries are all kind of the same. He has big power, but he's not doing anything different from when he came to the UFC. I don't think he's evolving all that much. For him to be this big of favorites because he's athletic and, and they thought he could mix it up. But Jared Merskart, again, not a world-class striker. I thought he outstruck Anders. I thought, you know, I think he hurt Anders, uh, rocked him a little bit, didn't drop him. But I think he wild him a little bit. I would like to see Gerald maybe mixing a little bit more takedowns. I think he maybe would have won the fight that way. Didn't really happen, but uh, I still thought he won that fight. I thought it was a close fight, but a split decision to Eric Anders. Eh, you know, I don't know. I mean, I thought it was close. Would I call it like a blind robbery? Absolutely not. But yeah, I didn't love that fight, uh, but I did think Gerald won. Um, Aaron Anders needs to do a little bit more evolving if he's ever going to be, you know, talked about, uh, uh, you know, at 185 or 205. Uh, next up, Luis Pena versus Matt Frivola. Uh, I had Pena in this, um, did not bet this fight. I thought this fight was a, was a trap fight. Um, Frivola is a tough dude, man. He's, he's, he's tough as they come. A lot of, lot of discussion about this fight. This was another split decision. Um, I heard Ray, Le- Ray Longo talk today about it. Cause Ray trains Frivola. He said that, you know, it's a split decision. <clears throat> he had his guy winning one and two. Um, yeah. Um, I don't know about the first round. If I'm being honest with you, um, excuse me, Bray said he had went on one and three. I didn't have a win in the first round for Vola. I had him losing the first round. It was very close. Second round, he caught that knee, almost got finished. Um, third round, I think he won. I think he came back in the third round. Pena, I think, thought he had two rounds in the bag and didn't want to get caught with anything crazy. Didn't want to get caught with the submission and kind of coasted a little bit. Was still throwing, <clears throat> was still throwing hands and whatnot. But I think he maybe took the gas off the, you know, foot off the gas just a little bit. Um, but I love the fight. The fight was really entertaining. For Vola, took some big shots and. Has a heart of a champion in there, man. That's that that dude is uh, is a tough out for that weight class. And Pena looked great. Pena's gonna be on the up and up. I'm sure a rematch might happen down the road since it was a close fight. If you know if, if they keep winning, um, but Favola's a tough dude. I mean, I don't know if he's an elite 55er. Uh, I think he's a tough matchup for a lot of guys because I do think he has good grappling, good cardio, and he's tough. But uh, I, I, you know, he's been knocked out before. I think he probably can get caught again, but. Pena just, you know, needs to add a little more, you know, a little more power behind his punches, um, but great knee and he's, you know, and I think he needs to kick a little more. Maybe in this fight he didn't kick because Frivola is, you know, can take down and catch kicks and stuff, but uh, Pena's long for that division, man. I, I like his upside more than like Frivola, even though Frivola just won. Uh, don't think it was a robbery. I had Pena winning. I thought Pena won one and one and two pretty easily in third round. He lost, but Again, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna cry robbery, guys. I call I call it down the middle. I call it like I seize it. All right, next up, Mackenzie Dern versus uh, Amanda Rebus. Mackenzie Dern looked fantastic uh, visually with those boobs bouncing. I mean, sorry, I'm a red blooded hot American male. I had to say it. I didn't tweet about it. I thought about it the whole time I f- they were fighting. I did not tweet about it. However, her stand up and wrestling are are really bad. Right, her jujitsu is really good. Her entries, her takedowns were really bad. Her stand up isn't great her chin was in the air she can take a shot she's tough as nails she doesn't quit her cardio looked pretty good her weight looked pretty good obviously on the scale she had no issue weighing in amanda rebos was is just a more complete well-rounded fighter mackenzie really good on the ground but she needs to get it there right 
her stand-up looked sloppy. Her footwork looked sloppy. Her takedowns were embarrassing bad. Um, it, it, it just was bad all around. Uh, you know, Rebos took control the whole time. Uh, I did not bet this fight. Thankfully, man, I had Mackenzie Dern at my sports book had her at like minus 130, which I thought was pretty low. A lot of money was coming on Rebos. I was tempted, but I didn't. I did like Rebos in the as the underdog underdog in my head. I did not pick it. I went to square pick. I picked Mackenzie Dern. I thought her takedowns were better. I thought if it did hit the ground, she she would dominate, and uh, it never did. Um, and uh, yeah, she got pieced up and lost every single round, and uh, really needs to mix some mix some things up, in my opinion. Let's see. Uh, I got a text message here. Sorry, boys. Who was it? Um, uh, Austin texted me about some chick. Austin texts me about some chick on Instagram that he'll never meet, never see. What a pervert that guy is. But yeah, uh, speaking about perverts, Mackenzie, Mackenzie Darren uh, did not look great. Did not look great in that fight. Okay, uh, three fights left here. The next fight, Thomas Gifford versus Mike Davis. This is a big fight everyone was talking about. I tweeted out about this fight. It, I, you know, I, I like Mike Davis. I've been on Mike Davis train since the Sadiq fight. Um, he looked great in there, right? He looked good. His boxing looked good. Gifford is is tougher, too tough for his own goddamn good, right? He took some big shots in that first round, um, and then the second round, halfway through the second round, if I'm in his corner, I'm realizing, well, what we're doing is not going to work. The only hope we have is if Mike Davis completely gasses in the third round, and we can get some miracle takedown and get a submission, but it's not working, and if you're in his corner, you know, in between, they didn't show it on the broadcast, but, you know, the announcers talked about it. Michael Bisping was very passionate about it. I agree with him. His corner asked him, how do you feel? He said, awful. And he says, you want to keep fighting? And he said, yes. Every fighter is going to say yes. A Thomas Gilford, Gifford, who is tough as nails, who runs hills barefooted, is going to say yes. And everyone's like, well, his dad was in his corner. Yeah, but sometimes dads are harder on sons than a coach will be, Right. You know, my dad, my real dad wasn't that nice to me. I, I doubt he'd let me quit. Um, so I don't like that excuse. Like, oh, his dad's in there. Well, maybe let's get mom in there next time. You know, maybe mom will throw in the towel. I thought the fight should have been stopped between the second and third round. The referee, who I didn't know, he got pulled on the, you know, we're doing this backwards. This fight happened. This was the first fight in the, on the main card. He was originally supposed to uh, ref Vic and, and, and Nico, and they pulled him. They gave that fight to Herb Dean. Uh, the commission did that. That is. Um, the ref's job, you know, and there's a guy I follow on Twitter. I don't remember his, his handle and I want to look it up right now. I don't want to call him out. He was commenting on everyone's post saying it's not the ref's fault. What did the ref do? It's the corner's fault. Um, listen, the, it's obviously the corner's fault. The corner should have protected the fighter more. They should have thrown in a towel in the second or third round, regardless of what he said. Right. I would want the fighter wanting to kill me because I threw in the towel, but the first and second round were so brutal and he took so many punches that it wasn't getting any better. And it wasn't going to get any better because Mike Davis, I mean, he might've slowed down a little bit. And he took the fight on four days notice, but he wasn't gassing anytime soon. He obviously could do that in the third round. He did. And he face planted Thomas Gifford, which you hate to see. I love a good knockout. I love a fucking face plant knockout. I hate it. Seeing that Mark Montoya, I believe was in his corner. He coaches, you know, a big, big time coach. His dad was in his corner and some other coach should have stopped the fight. Mark Montoya is going to be answering that for, for a long time. The ref, after the second, after the first round, right, and after the second round, after him watching the beating he took, he should have said to the fighter, "I'm keeping an eye on you." Tell the war in the corner, "I'm keeping an eye on you. If you take any shots, 
where I don't like, or you're taking too many combinations without defending yourself, whatever, I'm going to stop the fight. As far as I know, the ref didn't do that. The ref was going to let that motherfucker die in there. So the ref has an obligation to be, um, to keep the fighter safe at all times. If the corners had two rounds to do it, the corner's not going to do it. The ref's got to do it. That's a young young man in there taking horrible headshots by a big, powerful puncher. He's obviously cutting a lot of weight for that size as well. He's a tall dude for 155. That's not good for your brain. That's not good for your career. That's not good for your life. As tough as he is, and even if he sat down next time and goes, do never throw in that towel. I'll kill you. I'll fire you. You got to do it. Watch Joe Frazier in his legendary trainer, Eddie Futch. Eddie Futch threw in the towel and said, I, you, Joe, you're going to die. You're, I'm gonna, I got to. And it was like a 15-round fight, and he threw it in. And Joe, Joe Frazier didn't talk to him the rest of his career. One of them died first, and I don't think they spoke to each other that much. But Eddie Futch did 100% did the right thing. All right, so <clears throat> that's what I say about that. Mike Davis looked great, though. Stand-up looked great. I want to see him at 145. That's his weight class. Um, both his fights in UFC is one-on-one right now. Both have been at 155. On short notice, give him a full camp at 145. I think the guy's dangerous. Uh, I'm going to keep an eye on him, too. All right, come in event. You had Cub Swanson versus Crone Gracie. <clears throat> Last minute, I put money on Crone Gracie. I I, I, um, I linked him up or parlayed him up with uh, NFL picks. Both NFL picks hit. Crone Gracie lost. Uh, go figure. Listen, I thought Crone Gracie was a little bit better of a grappler than he was. I knew this was a dangerous fight for him. I said on the podcast, I, I I wouldn't be mad if if people took Cub and really like Cub as an under. I just thought Cub was going to slip up a little bit. He didn't. He kept his hands down. He picked shots. He worked body kicks, leg kicks, uh, big big body kicks as well. Um, he looked at you know boxing looked good. He was pot shotting and he was moving pretty well. Chrome kept marching forward. You know, was kind of like the Terminator. It was very determined in there. He kept marching forward and was landing some punches and he was marking Cub up, but nothing significant. Took. Tried a couple takedowns, but not many. And then pulled guard a few times. And, and Cub was just, you know, he was out of there. It was a little too little, too little, too late. Um, you know, Crone obviously has a lot of work to do. I think his stand-up is obviously coming along. I don't think it's terrible. It's very Nick and Nate Diaz. He's coming forward. He's throwing a lot of volume. That's fine. But you're gonna need to work on your wrestling. You're gonna need some body lock takedowns. You're gonna need a good double. You get this fight to the ground, you're better than anybody. Um, you know, and I don't think you have power in your hands right now to drop people to jump, jump it to the ground. So I think he needs, uh, you know, a little bit of a wrestling regimen program, get a wrestling coach in there. I'm sure he has one, but get a better one, get some wrestling partners. I know you train jujitsu and you know, your jujitsu is going to take you to the world championship or whatever the fuck you believe. But, um, I, I really think you need the cronies to wrestle whatever, but cub listen, hungry dog runs faster, right? Cub Swanson, four losses in a row. He was probably going to get cut. He's got mouths to feed. He's got kids. He's got a wife. Big win for him, you know, and and, and I'm happy for Cub. I think Cub's a good guy. He's, a, he's been around the sport a long, long time. He's an exciting fighter. He's an honest fighter when he does interviews. Um, you know, not one of my guys per se, but, you know, I, I like rooting for him. I like I like him to win. You know what I mean? It was a good, it feel good moment. He cried. He said, I needed this, and he absolutely did. And you know now he's gonna stick around the UFC and he's got a couple more, a uh, couple more good runs in him. I think you know I think if they match him up well with some fighters at 145, I think he could be a problem. I think 155 might be an option for him too. He looks pretty lean at 145. I know that's probably not an easy cut for him. So popping up to 155 and getting some fights too, I think that's uh, that's a good possibility. All right, main event: Joanna Jojacek versus Michelle Waterston. 
Good main event, not great. Joanna uh, kind of kind of did this fight how I thought she was. I thought she was better technically standing up. She pieced up Michelle Waterson. I thought Michelle Waterson was going to grapple. She tried to. Joanna's takedown defense is really good. Her cardio is really good. Her clinch game is really good. She broke her foot in between the second and third round, but it's not broken. Actually, it was just really swollen up. Um, she looked great. You want to look great. I mean, what, I mean, it was, it was a dominating performance. You know, I didn't, you know, didn't see a finish happening and Joanna gave a little post fight and, and called out, uh, Wei Li Jean or Jean Wei Li, whatever you want to say. Once a fighter in Poland, which would be interesting. Um, I don't think they're going to put that in Poland. If I was the UFC, I would bring Wei Li Zhang over to America, have her fight Joanna. Joanna's kind of a name in America. People know her. Um, I think that'd be a really good fight. Not a ton of people, casuals. And just really any fan, really, no matter what level you are, no one's like super behind uh, Zhe Wanli or Wali Zheng. I don't know how they pronounce it in China. If they go first or last, or I don't even know what her first name is. I don't know what her last name is. I've heard t- it pronounced 10 different ways. Bring her over to America. Put that on Vegas. Put that at a co-main event on like a big card in Vegas. Really get eyes on her. She's an exciting fighter. She's powerful. Uh, her and Joanna can't have a boring fight. I think one one person's going to get knocked out. You know what I mean? They're both strikers. They're both pretty well rounded. You know, Jay Wan Lee's fucking giant, big. You know, not giant. She's tall, t- tiny, but she's fucking rocked up. Uh, that's a really entertaining fight. But obviously, I think the fight's probably going to happen in China. Um, she's a, a mega star over there. That, I mean, there's a kajillion people over there that are probably going to watch her. So yeah, you got to put it in China. But it'd be pretty awesome if if. if Wanlin J. Lee was like, I'll do it in Poland. I don't give a fuck. And I think she would, from all accounts, that she just wants to fight. So Joanna's got to get healed up a little bit, but I'm looking probably like a March, April card for that fight. Uh, they'll probably do like an ESPN card, main have it a main event, but I think if they put it on like a like Madison Square Garden card, maybe even like a co-main event, really get eyes on this champion, this Chinese champion, I think that'd be, that'd be good for him. But obviously, the market is China for her. And uh, I mean, that's... The, the argument's made is that is that why she got a title shot because it was in China? Yeah, probably, but she also dominated it. So what are you gonna do? So that's the show. I mean, I was just you know that's all I want to talk about. Just recap UFC Tampa, go over my woes and me complaining about money and uh, you know, <sighs> gambling sucks. I love it, but I hate it. It's like one of those things. It's like God, like why is it so fun to win and it's the worst to lose? You know what I mean? And just being so goddamn competitive. I'm so competitive too. Like, uh, you know, I really felt like my competitiveness is is not subsided. I definitely have it. I'm very competitive still, but I feel like I've, I've toned it down a little bit. You know, Austin, who just texted me uh, a picture of some chick, um, uh, you know, funny story with him is, you know, this is when I was, you know, when I've always said when I was in my early 20s, I was such a piece of shit. Rotten. Horrible. Uh, we had some, we lived in a house, you know, me, uh, two of my buddies, we lived in a house. Austin was there. Uh, who's a friend of the podcast, so I feel like I can talk about him. Uh, we all had girls over, right? I had a girl, he had a girl, you know, blah, blah, blah. We're all boozed up, right? And we're playing, um, what was it? What's it called? Uh, catchphrase? Catchphrase, where you pass the thing around. His girl, who I've met maybe twice, kept, you know, catchphrases, you see a thing, you try to explain what it is. She was doing charades, and I fucking yelled at her, like, don't, and she was getting points. So I yelled at her, like, don't do fucking charades. If you do it, you, you, you get a point taken away. And I fucking yelled at her. I don't even know this girl. So we keep going. We keep going. And she keeps doing it. I keep yelling. I make her cry. She quits the game, runs upstairs. Austin's got to go upstairs after her. I make her cry her eyes out because I was such an asshole. Well, I mean, we were losing the game. That's why I did it. It's because she was getting all the points. She was good at it. We were losing. I don't want to fucking lose. 
my competitiveness, I'm, I'm, I'm a crazy person is what it is. But that was many years ago. It was about 10 years ago. Um, but you know, and I've, I've gotten better, but let me, you know, I, I'm still very competitive, especially with myself. So, uh, let me see what, I mean, what do we got here? I, I'm on, uh, I'm on MMA junkie and there's really not, there's not much, uh, you know, like nothing super news here. Yeah. I mean, that's a show. I don't want to keep you guys too long. Uh, we're at 44 minutes. That's perfect. Uh, yeah, that's the show guys. Uh, thank you for listening. MMA takes podcast on Instagram MMA takes on Twitter. I'll have a video out tomorrow. I'll have the pickums out Thursday. The fights are on Friday this weekend or this week. Big Boston show. Really great card. They always go out in Boston. I feel like every Boston card is always awesome. Uh, the fights are always awesome on paper. It's great. Um, so yeah, we'll do the full pickums on Thursday. My video will be out tomorrow of who I'm picking my lock of the night. And then, uh, yeah, I'll talk to you boys next week. Enjoy the fights on Friday. Enjoy my pickums and let's win some money. You want to take it from the top? Yeah, let's try it. Okay. He will rock you. He Feel, 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 feel my heat. I think we should repeat that again. Feel, 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 feel my heat. Feel my heat. Yeah, it's definitely cool. Let's lay it down. Nick? You want to lay it down? Are we rolling on the rehearsal?